Hey guys, this is Adam from the podcast and you are listening to Quick Clips. Quick Clips are condensed versions from one of our previous podcast episodes, featuring some of the interesting things our guests had to say. If you want to hear the full episode, we'll have it in the show notes below. And with that, let's start the show. Okay, so are you guys experienced the same thing where from zero to 15, you know, you have kind of that single layer where you're able to easily communicate ideas and processes to the people who are actually executing, like say painters, body guys, stuff like that. And then from 15 to 30, you guys are going to have, you guys have to reorg some of how you communicate because of the, the, the additional layer in there or what's, what's kind of been the challenges that you, that have popped up for you from 15 to 30. So luckily for us, I think it's a little different because my dad had a lot of kids. So uh, he had a kid to run each. So it was really easy for a while because he had a kid to run each store. Um, so it stayed family. It stayed just, you know, us. So that once we grew beyond the uh, three locations, then that's when it started to be someone had to step out of running a shop and assume a, a corporate role. But still, there was still just it was my, my brothers, you know, having to deal with just maybe communicate to one manager while the other two brothers were running other stores um, where we really started seeing that, that challenge, that shift, that change was once we got to a level where we needed an actual HR department, where we actually needed to go away from just normal controller to then having a CFO um, and then an accounting department and actually have a whole corporate staff. Um, and so our, that's where you, we saw a lot of changes and now because all that infrastructure is in there, it's not anything different. You you add five locations, you add another regional manager. Uh, you add a new location, you add a new general manager. Um, you know, if the company grows, we just add another person to accounting, maybe another person to HR. It's now just adding people to the same structure that we already have, and it's scalable. So I feel like right now we're at a point where it's much easier because when you have to transition to these new type of jobs, these new roles of leadership and who's in charge of what I think is where that real challenge comes into that growth, uh, growth pain. What programs do you guys have, or what are you guys doing to keep these regional managers and shop leads and everything like that to be really good leaders and management to the point where, you know, it's not causing you guys to just have alcoholism run rampant um first off most of our people are all homegrown uh it's kind of cool that the majority of our leadership's team all were print were, were, were inexperienced people who knew nothing about this industry we brought them in as estimator trainees taught them how to estimate they became top estimators in the company and then if someone wants to get into management then they have to take on an, a, a, an apprentice writer and they have to train and mentor an apprentice writer you need to show me not only are you you know, great at doing what you do, but you got to show that you can teach and mentor and train at least one other person while doing your job. If you can show me you can do that, then we'll put you into a smaller location. So you have different levels of location. So it's kind of cool. We have smaller locations where it's like, I can put you in that shop to be a manager. You're also the writer where you can really kind of, they can control it, micromanage it, you know, own the whole world. There's only a painter and two, three guys in body and a front office person. So they're only managing a crew of five people. You know, it's a small, and then they can grow from that smaller store to a, a medium-sized store, and then a medium-sized store to a bigger store as they grow their skills in leadership. Um, so most of these people have been homegrown. Our culture of being able to move up from within 
and people that only know your business and your culture and have years experience in your business has made it easier for them to know how to do and how to run it. Um, we do do a lot of group reading where there's like kind of a, a book every two months that everyone reads and we all read it and then we talk about it and to help encourage growth and to be finding outside knowledge. Um, you know, you read these personal growth books or business books or whatnot, or leadership books. Um, these are all people that have already blazed the path of growing into a leader. And I think every leader will say that, hey, there's unfortunately, there's a stack of corpses that are all from me when I first started being a leader. And then I had to learn from my mistakes and I want to apologize to all those past people. We've all done it. It's just the yeah. walk of life. Um, and so weekly we have a, a conference call for about two hours with all of our regional general managers and top leadership group to talk about the business, what's going on, collaborate, talk through problems, get advice on how to deal with the situation and we kind of talk through it and figure it out. Um, if there's something that I need to be there, an upper leadership person needs to be there for any hard communications and whatnot. Um, you know, when it comes to leadership and feedback, we're really big and open to be open and honest with each other real time about stuff. Um, we don't wait till a one year review to sit down. Let's talk about how the whole year went. You should feedback should be specific and, and, and immediate, um, to help teach and grow. Um, we do do ESI's uh, employee satisfaction index surveys uh, every six months for the whole company to find out what's going on. Um, and we do encourage sit downs, one-on-ones with lead staff members at least every two months at like a store level. And we give them kind of questions to go through with their staff and, and ask them, you know, Hey, how's this? How's this? So those kind of ESI questions, but one-on-ones. Um, and then us, regionals will do one-on-ones which each general manager once a month to kind of talk about how are things going and talk through things and come in and sit down help them resolve an issue if that if that's needed hey guys adam from the podcast i hope you are enjoying today's episode just wanted to ask you a quick favor if the show has brought you value in some way would you mind giving us a review and sharing the show it really helps the show get out there also if you are looking to expand the services that your shop offers and you want to do more than collision work you should really check out our company, Clarity Coat. Clarity Coat is a peelable paint that allows body shops to offer color changes cheaper than a repaint while still looking like real paint. You can also offer clear protection that has no edges and is sprayed instead of laid. Unlike vinyl and PPF, Clarity Coat can be sanded and polished, so you can give your customer the exact look that they are wanting. If you are looking to expand your shop's services, go to claritycoat.com and fill out our Become an Installer form. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm really interested. What? So you said that you guys do these uh, monthly readings or bi-monthly readings of books. Yeah. What has been some three books that have been the most impactful for you guys in in your business? I have. I like to. I'm not a great. I, I'm not a fast reader, and that has never been my strong point. And so, but I like to grow and learn. Um, but I so I listen to audiobooks. Uh, I didn't go to college. You know, I did good, good in high school, but um, I always wanted to grow as a person. So I'm, I recommend anybody. Growth is important. Uh, if you got a lot of windshield time, you know, don't listen to your favorite songs. Listen to an audiobook. Um, so I go through about two audiobooks a month that I listen through, through like Audible. Um, and then I try to read one book a month. So, I mean, if you really look at that, that's crazy. I'm doing three books a month times 12 yeah. months. I'm, I'm, I'm going through 36 books a year. 
Um, I'm giving myself my own college education at a very cheap price, um, just by going through experiences and applying and learning what everyone else has learned. Um, so some very impactful books that um, I really enjoy is Up Your Business. Um, that is a wonderful book. And uh, that was a big impact for our entire team on how we can always up our business. And so we are actually, there's uh, the, the author of the book. He is out of Southern California and he is, hosts a, uh, a seminar um, down there. And so it's called Up Your Business, Seven Steps to Fix, Build, or Stretch Your Organization by Dave Anderson. So I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I'm going down to his workshop in about uh, three weeks. So I'll get to meet him in person and That's work awesome. with him at the workshop and how we can up our business even better. Um, another one that I highly recommend is a personal growth book, which is by Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah, um, classic. And, that's a classic that I will come back to every couple of years and we listen to it. Uh, what I really love is that Stephen Covey reads his own book and most of these authors read their own books. Um, and so it's really nice to just hear them talk to you. I feel that, you know, some of these authors, you feel like it's, you're sitting there with someone that's mentoring you or with that, that, that favorite grandparent or even like someone that's, you know, a personal growth coach. So I really yeah. like that book. I come back to it every couple of years. Um, and then another one that I really like is uh, the, there's a 15 laws of growth um, or, you know, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, uh, the John C. Maxwell books. They're all great. Have you read the book um, extreme ownership by Jocko? Yep. Yep. Okay. I just listened to that about four months ago. What was your Jocko willing? I mean, it's, it's a great book. Um, it's, it's empowering. You know, it is, you know, he is able to apply some of the craziest scenarios that none of us will, most of us will never experience and, and apply that to day-to-day life. Um, you know, there's a lot of good takeaways. It can, you know, it's, you've got to scale down the level of, you know, from what he deals with day-to-day life and the extreme ownership of him and his team, it is life or death. You know, yeah. so for being just a business owner, you know, it's not life or death for what we're doing. Um, but the, the core of what he's saying, I agree with is you need to own the result, especially and and every person should, and every person is a leader. It doesn't matter that you are the leader with the title, but every person is a leader in their organization. Every person has the opportunity to affect the outcome of how that group performs. I, I always tell my staff that we all need to work together. And if we all work together, we will all make a better living. Um, This fixing a car is like running a relay race. You know, the first person in the relay is the rider. He gets that baton. He, he starts that race off right first. If that rider, if that person starting the race trips and falls because they mess up on not doing their, their job, they're already starting behind on the race. Then you hand that baton to the body man. He does his part. He runs his leg. Then he hands it to the painter. Painter runs their leg. The painter hands it back to the body man. The body man hands it back and the race gets finished. But if any of those people trip up, you're probably going to lose the race. Mm -hmm. And it takes us all running our leg to be able to win that race. Um, And so everyone needs to bring the best them every day. And it just makes everyone's world better. But everyone needs to do their part. Have you, did you read the follow-up to extreme ownership dichotomy of leadership Yep. as well? Yep. Okay. 
uh, I was just curious because um, I like to buy that book, either one of them, for people if they come on and I if I kind of get the sense that they would actually, you know, read it and implement um, or I don't even care if they implement it or not, but I at least want them to be uh, I want to have pretty good confidence that they would actually think about using some of those principles because mm -hmm. that book was really impactful for me. It came out at an impactful time in my business. And so I just like to pass it along um, personally. And I think on a personal level, I think that there is a lot of that mindset that the world could really use right now where mm -hmm. people understand that you are in complete control of 99.9% .9 of the things that happen in your life. Yep. And it's, um, it's, it's just really helped me a lot. So I'd like to pass it along, but I completely agree hundred percent that extreme ownership uh, is, is key. Um, if when people realize that they have control of themselves, that is a very empowering and powerful thing. And so I love to refer to Viktor Frankl. If everyone knows that story about, Ooh. um, yeah. and, and he taught, you know, that you could take everything from me. You could take my, my life. You could take my body. You could take food. You could take clothes, everything away from me, family members, friends. Um, but you do not, get to take away my mind. You do not get to take away my mental choice. The outside influences, everything out there, there's so many things out there we don't have physical control over. I don't control anybody. I have influence, but I don't have control. And so I need to always just live by example and 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 hopefully people want to follow me and and do and, and see where I'm going or you know, emulate what you want others to be and lead by example and work in your circle of influence to create your own opportunities. Or my dad would say, create your own luck. You create your own luck. You do. Yeah. Uh, that was Victor Frankl's uh, meaning of man or uh, man. What was it? Meaning of something meaning. Um, uh, it's such a, I think it's the only book he's ever put out. So if you search mm -hmm. Victor Frankl, you'll find it. Uh, that was there was actually something else that I took away from that. You, that's a great summary. But one of the other things that I took away from it, and that also has to do with the fact that um, so Jocko has a podcast called Jocko Podcast. Not hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was reading a completely separate book, but it had to do with um, internment camps. And it was a very long, thick, and very discouraging book. Like, man, it really made you appreciate. <laughs> where you're mm -hmm. at in life right now um, because of it. And one of the things I think they were even talking with the, the POI that, um, or sorry, the POW, um, not POI, the POW that wrote the book and was in that camp. And he said that one of the things that he learned afterwards on reflecting on his time was that the people that just took things day by day and understood that it's literally the only thing I need to worry about is my next, the next day. The, the only thing I need to worry about is my next meal. The only thing I need to worry about is my next step. The mm -hmm. people that concentrated on that versus the guys who would, they occasionally like the U.S. Air Force or whatever would drop these notes of like, hey, we're going to bust you guys out by Christmas time. 
And then Christmas time would come and then you'd get these guys that would get hope and they'd be hopeful. Uh-huh. And then Christmas time would come around and no savior. And that happened over and over and over again for two, three years, something like that. Uh-huh. And these guys would literally give up. Like yep. they would just stop. They would yep. stop eating. They would stop doing anything. They would literally walk in front of the shul- um, the soldiers and say, just shoot me. And then th- kill themselves. It basically because they'd given up hope because they kept hope with us up here and then they just get completely crushed and it that so that when i read victor frankel's book i i think there's some instances in there where something like that similar things Uh happen in there and that was something that was really interesting to me as well um from those two vantage points but yeah so that really ties into growing a business it really ties into if you look at Someone says, hey, I got one shop and I got dreams of having two stores or three stores or four stores or five stores. It's going to be a long journey. And, you know, the Chinese proverb of, uh, you know, a thousand mile journey starts with a step. And if mm-hmm. you're going to run a marathon or if you're going to go do some crazy stuff like uh, can't hurt me, you know, Dave Cog- you know, Goggins, you know, he's done some crazy stuff. But, you know, if you're going to run a hundred mile ultra, it, every step is just, you just got to do the step in front of the step. And just focus on that next step and eventually you'll get there so just like growing your business you're going to go through challenges but just stay at it just today what do i do today what do i do tomorrow and you're going to get there eventually all right that does it for today's quick clips if this episode has brought you value would you mind giving us a review also if you would like to learn more about clarity coat and what it can do for your business please visit us at claritycoat.com see you on the next one